Will Kyler Murray give the Arizona Cardinals a Valentine's Day card today? Will he? Will he give it to them? Will they kind of figure this mess out? There's one person that can just absolutely fix all of this, and it's Kyler Murray. We'll get into the conversation. The report from Mort. The Mort report is back, and J.J. Watt comes to the rescue. We're breaking it all down. Plus, it's a mock draft Monday. It's Bo Brock. It's Alex Clancy. It's locked on Cardinals. Let's go. (laughs) You are locked on Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the podcast, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Thanks for making Lockdown Cardinals your first listen each and every day. You did it all throughout the 2021 season. That's now in the rearview mirror. A Super Bowl champion has been crowned. And now in the 2022 offseason, thanks for making us your first listen as well. Of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Great content. If it's your team, it's Lockdown Podcast Network every day. Uh, this episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, as you covered this season, more props, odds, lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts, and um, you're just building your stack at this point. Like your life between now and the kickoff of the 2022 regular season, it's just building that stack so you can just become a millionaire a couple times over at betonline.net. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Uh, so, report was dropped. On Sunday, couldn't even have a nice little Super Bowl Sunday as Cardinals fans, as people who've covered the team, because Chris Mortensen just added more fuel to the fire as far as the Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals organization relationship. I know my mentions were blown up. I know Alex's mentions were blown up on Twitter. Make sure you're following along at Bob Rack at Clancy's Corner at Locked on AZ Cards. Got a mock draft. I think I've figured out all the Arizona Cardinals issues in just three rounds of a mock draft. Mm. Uh, we'll see where Alex is on that. And then J.J. Watt to the rescue, the leader that uh, we do not deserve. Alex, let's get into the conversation about this uh, Chris Mortensen report. I'm going to pull it up. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it. We'll read it for you for those listening on podcasts. Uh, of course, free and available across all platforms. All right, here it is. At Chris Mortensen on Twitter. The odd vibe between the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray is indeed alarming. Murray is described as a immature finger pointer per sources. Murray is frustrated with the franchise and was embarrassed by the playoff loss to the Rams and thinks he's been framed as the scapegoat. You want me to, uh, you want to break this one down first or do you want to get into the second part of this as well? There are two different things. So let's talk about this one first. And, and, okay. and Bo put out an interesting thing on Twitter about the second thing that Chris Mortensen said. Um, there's one thing about the Arizona Cardinals and Chris Mortensen is one of the best in the business. Top five all time, you know, whatever ESPN, whatever he's done over his time. Sources we know around the state of Arizona, a lot of time are full of expletive. You know, and I don't know if this is the case here. I don't know if that's just what they feed local media to kind of keep uh, people off their track for what they're really going to do. It's never made a whole lot of sense. They think that they're being coy and cute and smart when really they look dumb. But with the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, this one is a little bit more personal. It's an actual, it's reflecting a person said by another person, how first person acts around other people. And that seems to be a little bit more, you know, of substance 
than just, oh, the Cardinals are going to draft this player at 16 overall or whatever. So um, I, I my eyebrows raised. I'm like, well, damn it. Because I got to shower and go to work today. Like, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's it's more important than Kyler scrubbing his Instagram, but it also is a report based on another report, and we have no idea of the actual credence of it. Yeah, I mean, the, the when I read this tweet, I'm, it, it makes you my knee jerk reaction is like, okay, Kyla, grow up, you know, grow up. It, it's you're you're 24 mm-hmm. years old. You're going to be 25 when this when the 2022 season kicks off, and uh, it was a bad performance. You know, it, it's one of those things where it's the Ted Lasso quote. You know, the happiest animal on the planet is a goldfish because it has the shortest memory. Uh, obviously you want them to be able to take from that, never want to have to relive that again. And, and we've seen young quarterbacks be able to build off horrible performance in the postseason or just horrible performances overall. But man, to, to sit there and say, hey, everybody's blaming me for this. They're, sca- they're using me as the scapegoat. I'm, the, uh, you know, I, I, there, there's no reason for it. Um, first of all, they're not. I think if anybody is taking the bulk of the blame, it's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. It's Steve Keim. Kyler Murray's a, 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 a big talking point. There are some idiots out there that want to move off of this guy. I don't understand it, uh, but I don't see him as the main scapegoat. And with that being said, it's just like, okay, who cares what they're saying? You've shown that you can play at this level. Let's 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 figure it out. Let's fix the issues that uh, the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals had a brutal performance. Nobody can deny that. And I don't think Kyler is. I don't think the organization is. But let's let's move forward together. This is not something that should uh, be burned to the ground because the NFC Super Bowl team uh, beat blew your doors off. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it just brings back all of the sickening conversations we had since the Cardinals started seven and zero, and AJ Green didn't turn around, you know, yeah. like really, I mean, going back and then starting 10 and two, and then it was really the Detroit lions loss where I just unleashed. I didn't, I do no longer have a restrictor plate on what I say about Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime. I was actually texting with Brendan clean from locked on Suns earlier this morning. And we share a common thing where the ownership hasn't always been great for the respective teams and what James Jones and Monty Williams have done there has revolutionized the Suns going back to the mid-2000s days. The Cardinals haven't had that with their GM and their head coach. And that's the stark difference where it's like, we continue to talk about the same thing and it gets old, but it doesn't mean it's not true still. And I don't, like, just because there's no statute of limitations on being inept at your job. So I try to not talk about it as much as possible. Now with this new wrinkle, it's, this is the real polarization of, is it Kyler or is it Cliff and Kyle? Is it Kyler or is it management? Is it Kyler or is it management? And now Kyler looks like it, like a uh, you know spoiled baby, sure, right now. But what does that mean with in the grand scheme of the ecosystem that's been built around him? Like who's who's at fault more? Everybody's at fault because the Cardinals started ten and two and they couldn't clinch a damn playoff spot. But also, Steve Kime has extended one first round pick since twenty thirteen that he drafted. Number two, Cliff Kingsbury hasn't won an important game in his entire NFL coaching career. Those are true, also. So we can't just say, oh, it's all Kyler's fault or it's all their fault. It's both their fault. But if things were worked better and and manufactured a little bit more maturely, this would have been squashed immediately, immediately. And I would give the blame to Kyler on that. Yeah, if he wasn't trying to create leverage and if he wasn't trying to, uh, you know, find ways to negotiate himself the biggest contract, he would get out in the forefront of this. But that's what's happening, right? I mean, can we agree on that? That yeah, things are things are not well 
as far as Tempe and Glendale and the state of the Arizona Cardinals right now. Absolutely not. I'm not the person sitting and I'm not the meme of the dog sitting in the room and it's on fire and saying everything is fine. Uh, it, absolutely. Things are not fine and things shouldn't be fine. How things ended. Things shouldn't be fine. And I think the other side of this tweet maybe proves that the organization is, is trying to figure it out. Do they have the tools necessary to figure out that that also is, is, a, is just another question, but Kyler Murray has the absolute power to change the narrative of this story. And the farther, the, the longer it lingers, it's not on the Arizona Cardinals. It's on Kyler Murray's shoulders. No, no, that's right. That's right. And maybe it takes a little while for these guys to, to, for some people to become leaders. Maybe it just takes longer it does. and maybe he I mean, is being a baby and maybe he is like, and babies, these are grown men. Okay. So we, we can kind of gloss over actually calling somebody that he's just inexperienced at feeling what he's feeling right now. Yeah. And for introverted people, maybe it's not as easy, but look at what Aaron Rodgers has done. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is the biggest crybaby on the planet when they lose. <laughs> Yet he's looked at as the best quarterback in the NFL. Okay, I'm not directly comparing yeah. the two, but I'm not like Aaron Rodgers has said he wanted out twice. Yeah. Okay, Russell Wilson once. Okay, like this isn't like this is the first time this has ever happened in the NFL. It's it, during the offseason. It's not the regular season. Regular season, the last season hasn't even ended yet. Yeah. Okay. So before I, I, we go, yeah. like I, I, that's one thing that I just can't. I don't really understand. I, I think, and it's an organizational issue, uh, lack of accountability. And, you know, it, it's probably just, it, it, you're saying what's happened the last three years? How come he's, he's acting out still like this as he's nearly a 25-year-old person? I mean, think back to when you were 24. You probably, the, the weight of kind of being the face of the franchise, you, you've probably, likely you've never faced that before, not giving him an excuse. But the, the thing that bothers me is like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson have accomplished far more. And I know that's not your point, but they've accomplished far more to, you know, to be crybabies. Like they, they got at least a lot more done and accomplished before they kind of became an issue where Kyler Murray, he, he had a bad first playoff game, you know? I mean, and, and j j people are going to blame you for that reasonably or unreasonably. Uh, you're going to have to deal with it because that's just part of the gig, you know? So uh, let's get into the second part of this, what J.J. Watt says, and of course how uh, I'm going to fix the Arizona Cardinals just in three rounds of the draft in our mock draft Monday. But uh, let's talk about something that's never an issue. It's actually always the best option. And we're talking about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Oh, man. Big old delicious Built Bar and a black coffee. There's nothing. There's not a better breakfast on the damn planet. <laughs> that's uh, that's where I'm going. Built Bar. It's where healthy. It's where tasty. Those worlds collide. And at this time of year, if you've already said bye bye to your New Year's resolution, you can kind of keep on track by staying healthy with a Built Bar and not have to compromise any taste. You got puffs out there. They're marshmallow infused with protein. That's insane. Like when you think about, hey, how come we don't have all these, you know, cutting edge technology things? Like how come science hasn't figured it out? They figured out how to put protein in a marshmallow and that's all that matters because it's incredible. Built Bar, they usually have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of muscle packing protein. Check them out. Great flavors, mint, brownie, coconut, coconut, almond, just to name a few. Uh, you can save some cash as well. Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order using the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. There it is. Woo!
Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Thank you for checking us out on YouTube. Thank you for subscribing already and also hitting the alerts button. Anytime, we we, we did a little impromptu Kyler Murray conversation last week. If you don't want to miss out on those, set up the alerts. And anytime we go live, anytime we post any content on our YouTube page, you'll be notified you won't miss out on a single damn thing. It's a beautiful thing. All right, let's get into the second part of this Mort report. Uh, Chris Mortensen reporting on Super Bowl Sunday. More on the Arizona Cardinals issue with Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's issue with the Arizona Cardinals. And we'll continue to give our opinion on it. I know Alex, has, uh, he, he's not short on those, and he has strong opinions on it, and so do I. Here's what Chris Mortensen said, second half of this thing. Where is it headed as far as Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, despite the acrimony the Arizona Cardinals expect things to calm down and Murray is their QB select veterans hope to reach Murray on how to handle adverse how he can handle adversity better coach Cliff Kingsbury also is self-scouting where he can provide better alternatives for a quarterback or QB I think he meant better alternatives in uh, facing adversity for the quarterback I don't think that that tweet means that Cliff Kingsbury is scouting other quarterbacks. He's taking, no. he's looking at himself, how he can better uh, help his, his QB. Yeah. Has Cliff Kingsbury ever had a, an answer for a question? Oh, I don't know. We got to look at the tape. Oh, I don't know. You know, we got to look at that. Oh, we got to check that out. Yeah. It's something we're going to have to deal with. He's never had like a, Oh, this is why this is happening. And this is what I'm going to do to fix it. Has he? Well, he I mean, a lot of postseason post post game press pressers, where he's like, oh, no, I got, you know, I got to look at the tape, which is fine. The game just ended. Hey, uh, why were you guys so bad in the passing game? Well, I don't know. You know, it's something we got to work on. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, I mean, you're not going to get any answers from Bill Belichick, who's the, who's the go-to. But the, the thing I do appreciate through this report, look, this is all a report. This is mm-hmm. all from Chris Mortensen, who Alex explained why you should trust because he's been doing it for so long. Um, and, and he's pretty accurate as far as his reports go. Uh at least Cliff Kingsbury is being is is looking to be a part of the solution because look the Arizona Cardinals they're not going to move off of of Kyler Murray as quarterback that's that's not going to happen. Um, what they need to do is figure out a way for their quarterback to handle when he doesn't perform up to what our standards are for the former number one overall pick and you know whether it's play calling whether that's uh, what he's saying to him on the sidelines, what he's saying to him in the film room. Kyler Murray, the misconception that he doesn't want f- watch film is, is ridiculous. He does. He just doesn't spend a Russell Wilson amount of time in the film room. Sure, we'd like that romantic idea that all quarterbacks are like that. That's not – they're just like you and I. Um, I report is what, what Cliff is doing. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this again. I think that 90% of this is on Kyler Murray. This is 90% on Kyler Murray – needing to become uh to mature and and make better decisions for himself become an adult um and we're asking somebody who's 24 i i I think it's unfair this day and age to expect these guys especially with the high expectations that are put on these franchise quarterbacks because patrick mahomes my god joe burrow exists that they're ahead of the head of the curve but we also do see i was talking to lee steinberg the super agent that hey, he was talking about too. It's like, hey, usually it just takes time for these guys to develop and mature, especially at the quarterback position. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson ruined it for everybody. They did. Because they're the exceptions to the rule, and now they're looked to be the rule. Joe Burrow 
ruined it for everybody. Joe Burrow is like 35 years old already. Okay. He is. He's Joe older Burrow, than like, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Lamar Jackson is a baby, like uh, uh, age wise, when he was able just to take over. But look at where he went and look at where Patrick Mahomes went. The poster child, the poster children of stability in the NFL, the Ravens and the Chiefs since Andy Reid took over. Even before Andy Reid, even when Todd Haley, like they weren't the worst. You know, they were just, they just weren't winning franchises. Once Alex Smith went there and Andrew Reid went there, everything changed. The Ravens, the Steelers, you know, they're, it's stability. Mm-hmm. And and I think that it truly does. I mean, and the Patriots was a weird one with Brady. The difference thing with Brady was like, nobody expected, come on. I mean, nobody expected that. Belichick was a losing head coach with Cleveland before he went over there. That was just an anomaly that we're never going to see again, most likely. But like him going to a, to a fragile, I guess, organization. I, I've always equated them to an elephant walking on a sheet of ice. We don't know how thick the ice is. That's what we're experiencing right now. So it, it's going to be growing pains. There are going to be issues. But if we're going to talk positively about something, at least these are better issues than them winning seven games. Sure. I mean, I think what people are, the, the nightmare situation, though, the nightmare scenario becomes Ben Simmons. I mean, b- because nobody envisions somebody being like, okay, I'm unhappy. I'm going to force my way out of here because we don't, we do, we honestly don't like, we, we haven't heard enough from Kyler to dissuade us from believing that that's not a possible scenario. Like at the end of the day, like, and I've said this and I'll maintain this, that it's, it should be a fireable offense if anybody in t- entertains trading him. But in the, in the day and age of player empowerment and the way that Gen Z you know, caliber, you know, players aren't the same as, Hey, if you got a problem, you're going to go talk to somebody. No, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to weaponize their social media and they're going to try to do whatever they can. They're unhappy. They're unhappy. They're going to be unhappy until you get them out of there. That's the nightmare scenario. Like you don't want that. You have, you have to do everything in your power to avoid that. So, you know, that, that becomes another conversation is like, how do you approach an immature quarterback? If he wants to get out, do you, uh, do you just, you cater to him or do you um or do you just like play you know tough love i can guarantee if this were john harbaugh or andy reed they'd be sitting in an office right now and there would be a conversation i'm maybe i'm sure there has been like i'm not completely negating what steve kyman and, and and cliff do but there the optics are terrible oh awful. and and this isn't just about kyler this is about Every other player that's ever played for the Arizona Cardinals telling their friends, told you. And that's something that you need to avoid. That's something you need to fix. And you thought what happened with Rodney Hudson and J.J. Watt and A.J. Green bringing in this veteran leadership because the coach can't do it. The players have to. That it was going to change the narrative. And it did for a while until there was adversity. Until the vacuum effect was null when things just started to go wrong and they couldn't fix it. And that's where we are now. This is on Cliff. This is on Steve Kime, in my opinion, to frame this in a way where they're protecting their quarterback. Like, I just don't... The fact that we haven't heard a bleep from Steve Kime blows my mind. It blows my mind. I I just don't know what they would say at this point. Because, I mean, they shouldn't be in the fact-gathering process. They should know exactly what their relationship and where they stand with their quarterback is. Like, there's no doubt about it. I completely... I, I think you agree with me on that. I think that's what you pretty much outlined. Um, the, the fact that they can only talk in cliches and, and, and only say, well, you know, we're going to do the best what we can, that that's an issue. Like they need to know where they are. 
I don't know what the, if there's any restrictions from them communicating. I don't think there are, but they they need to quickly figure out where they stand with their with their quarterback. I do agree with with Mort saying that they expect that the organization expects things to calm down. The, the wound is still fresh or still weeks removed from that. But what Kyler needs to understand is that bad performance isn't going. He's only the only person that's going to let that linger is himself. Like he's going to have to get over it at some point because I think a lot of other people are, are forward thinking like, okay, we got that behind us. We're, we're in the, they're unfortunately they're in the baby steps instead of taking leaps like the Bengals were able to do. Um, and you know, they, they have to figure things out because it's going to be an issue in March when the new league year happens and free agents are going to have, if, if they ask Steve Kime, how long is Kyler Murray going to be here? He's got to have to tell him that he's going to be their quarterback of the future now and in the future that he's going to be, he's nearing an extension, whatever it may be. That's the only way you're going to lure free agents into that building. When Ty goes to the runner, player, coach, who 99% of the time loses? The coach. The coach. Yeah. And this time it's Kyler, like Kyler is in full effect. Like this could be the smoking gun from everything that we haven't seen before this. And sure, this could be a 24 year old who's never lost before being immature. Okay. But in the history of time in the NFL, the coach always loses always. Yeah. And the front office always loses. And I've seen a lot of this fan base say, you know what? Get Kyler out of here immediately. It's like, what the hell are we talking about here, guys and gals? Like, I don't, I don't understand. I, I, that's one thing I cannot comprehend. His overall work shows him to be a top six, seven quarterback. And you want to move off of that? Even 10. Even it's give insane. him 10. Yeah. Okay. It's insane. And I'm having people, Dan Taylor's living on this, living on this, this hill, trade for Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not a 15 quarterback in this league. Stop it. I'm going to mute you if you say it again. I'm going to. Has that really happened? Oh, Derek I've Carr? multiple times. Multiple oh. times. It's a top 10. Oh Derek I, Carr in a second Colt? round pick. Have you seen the Colt McCoy? Somebody oh, said yeah, Star Colt. Oh, yeah. He goes two and one. And it's, yeah, Did Colt you watch McCoy. the Carolina game? He was like nine and 22 before that. And Bo it's, being growing up as a Washington Commanders football <laughs> fan, he's known all too well what Colt McCoy does starting multiple games in a row. You just you, you, you just can't win unless you've got elite tier talent at the quarterback position. You just can't. You just can't look at the teams in, in, in the that played in the Super Bowl. I mean, there's a difference between Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. There's a there's a there's a difference. You can't just put any schlub back there. You can point to Trent Dilfer, you can point to Nick Foles. Those are the exceptions to the rule. Otherwise, you have to have elite playmaking from that position, and it ain't coming from Derek Carr. I think he's proven that at this point in as many years in the NFL. J.J. Watt to the rescue, plus our mock draft results. It's locked on Cardinals. Football season might be over. But basketball, full steam ahead. Pro college hoops from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where you f- the next coach is fired. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net has your source is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, and learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, 
where the game starts. Let's play this clip of J.J. Watt dropped on his social media. Everybody a good chuckle. At J.J. Watt on Twitter, Instagram. I believe he still follows the Cardinals. (laughs) I just tried to FaceTime Kyler. He didn't answer. What does it mean? Are we still friends? Does he still follow me on social? Maybe it's just at dinner. There's J.J. Watt. Putting things in perspective. Now, that was before the Mort report. Uh, But it also, it's just like, I ride the line, Alex, where it's just like, this is all silly. What are we doing? Like, this is, this is our, this is the smoking gun. He, you know, he's not following the Cardinals on Twitter and Instagram and he scrubbed his pages. Like, that's what we're, we're, we're using for all of this. Like that put it a little bit in perspective and then the Mortensen stuff came out. But I mean, that's not the thing that's, I don't know if it's unfortunate, like what Mortensen reported is like things we kind of knew. And that things that we knew that Kyler was going to have to improve on as far as his leadership skills and being the face of the franchise if he wanted to take that leap from good to great. Right. And J.J. Watt, I mean, J.J. Watt is in the very luxurious position of already making $115 million in his life. He's living in the desert. You know, his wife, like, his the point in his career is a little bit different. And he's been like this, but he's been through the rigors of all of this before. He knows the majority of this is a joke. And also... Like, he's got skin in the game, but does he? Like, he's got two years. He hasn't been here forever. He hasn't been with Kyler forever. I know what he's doing is paramount for the shift of this organization. But if this were, I don't know, a different situation, if he had been here a handful of years, I don't know if this would, I don't know if he would have done this. I feel like it's just, he knows it's not a big deal. He's, his career is on easy street. From now on, obviously, he's been through the injuries with the neck and everything, you know, whatever. But, like, I'm not making light of it. But still, it's like, why is he the only one that's gone to bat for Kyler? That's more of a question that I'm kind of like, what are we doing here? Christian Kirk was interviewed. Like, Christian Kirk had some words to say when he was interviewed about it. But I don't know, man. It makes you think about the other side. Yeah. I mean, it also it makes you think about some people taking things too seriously, right? I mean, but you're right. I mean, when when you've already got money in the bank, you're through several contracts or even on another organization after being the face of one franchise before that you can, you kind of have the confidence and maturity level to laugh at it all at the end of the day where some people are, are young and very serious about what's next for them. And they're just, they're digging in and they don't have the ability to kind of like take, you know, a couple bumps and then laugh at it. You know what I mean? So that's the thing. It's, it's riding this line where this is absurd and where it's not that far fetched, which, which is crazy. And this organization, you know, the history of it, sure. It hasn't kind of gone through this specific specifically, but when you've got the leaders of the team, you know, Deandre Hopkins and JJ Watt, not really sweating about this. It should give Cardinals fans a little confidence that regardless of what's going on and what's being reported, you know, come to the 2022 season, their quarterback's going to be ready to go again. Yeah, and you hope. And this is it, – it just – it's so soon after the season that maybe there's two different ways to look at it. One, well, it's just the burn from the end of the season. 
or there's more underlying issues here. I, I would assume that it's going to go away and then there's going to be a, you know, a kumbaya moment and everything, you know, will go back to normal and the free agency. Steve Kime will make another splash in free agency and hopefully execute in the draft and the Cardinals can make the most out of Kyler's last year on his rookie deal. And they'll get an extension done midway through the season instead of waiting till the end of next year. Like there, it's just something that we weren't expecting so quickly yeah. to happen or, you know, something to happen before the 2021 season even ends. But when you use the comparison of what's going on with other franchise quarterbacks, and you've already mentioned a couple of them, including Lamar Jackson, who still hasn't, there's no reports of, uh, he, he's a year ahead of Kyler Murray. He's got an MVP trophy. He's got a 14 and two season. He's got a playoff win under his belt. Um, there, there's not a P or any kind of, there's no shade being thrown. There's, there's nothing going on with Lamar Jackson in his camp, which is kind of a little discouraging a little, you know, that, it can't be handled in the same professional way with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, but this is kind of what we've kind of grown accustomed to. It's just in that weird, like, icky stage where yeah. this, you would think, could be figured out over a cup of coffee. Be like, listen, this these are our plan of attack for marketing, for, for PR, for all this stuff. Let's just get this over with. It's not the Cardinals' way. The Cardinals like, oh, we keep everything tight to the vest. Yeah. How is that working for you since your inception being the third losingest franchise in NFL history? You tell me. Yeah, there, there's a great point to that. I mean, there, there is the full transparency, you know, putting every, the, all the cars and pushing the chips in the middle of the table. I mean, that, that sometimes works out for you. Uh, all right, let's get into the mock draft Monday results. My mock draft, uh, especially in the first round, has become uh, let's make the franchise quarterback happy. Let's go out there. Let's get him a playmaker. 23rd overall. Um, I have the Arizona Cardinals selecting. Uh, that's not the right one. All right. Is that yours? That was from a couple weeks ago. Let me bring up mine. Uh, well, I had him taking Drake London. If you're watching on YouTube, you won't see the graphic, but I have him taking Drake London, um, the wide receiver out of uh, USC, big kid, 6'4", 6'5", athletic. He's an instant upgrade over A.J. Green. That's like that's Kyler Murray likes to go on second and short, third and short. He loves one-on-one -on -one coverage. You get a little separation with the athleticism, the speed of Drake London, and it's big play after big play. I'll especially couple him with DeAndre Hopkins. You've got two legitimate threats in your passing game. Quarterbacks are always happy with that. Bo, we're gonna do this all offseason. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna take a wide receiver in the first round all offseason. I took a corner, uh, but Ahmed Gardner is no longer making it to 23 in my mock draft on the draftnetwork.com. Oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, here's the thing is I just think that's a terrible idea. Um, Zion Johnson, interior offensive line. And it's funny you said when, when, when uh, you teased the whole podcast, you're like, I'm going to say the exact three players that the Cardinals <laughs> need to save their season. If you look at the draft network, there are 13 needs that the Cardinals have, okay? It's every position the Cardinals have needs. So I'm taking a big boy, interior offensive lineman. This is going to make the Kyler Murray experience either work or not. If you want to give one last chance, like we did, oh, Cliff Kingsbury finally has his guys on offense. Now we can see what the offense is going to look like. Spoiler alert, it was terrible the last half of the season. We're going to see what Kyler Murray is about. You need to bolster the offensive line, replace Justin Hugh with a big, young, left guard and yeah that's my first round pick bro 
I don't disagree with it, especially if you get a controllable player at, in the offensive line. It's a cheaper option than even Justin Pugh. And, uh, you know, hopefully Cliff isn't as reluctant as Vance Joseph is to play a young offensive lineman right out of the gates. Okay, we actually agreed. We both had the same second-round pick. I'll put yours up here. Out of Alabama, interior def- defensive lineman, Fedarian Mathis. You've seen him play a lot of big games for the Tide. And uh, that, you know, as far as shoring up your rush defense, it starts in the middle of that, and you can get a guy right out of the gates, 55th overall for Darian Mathis. No disagreements there. I think that's where you have to go. And I actually went with the with the with both the lines uh, down the line here because 87th overall, I went without of, and, and this guy was a big key cog as far as the success that UTSA had. They went 12-1 and one this season. They were monsters as far as running the football. I took an interior offensive lineman, 87th overall, Spencer Burford as, as my third round pick. Alex, you went with Drake Jackson, another, as you said, ton of uh, needs for the Cardinals. You take Drake Jack- Jackson out of, where's, where's he here? USC. From? Okay. 6'4", so 250, edge rusher. It's just checking boxes. The dude's a monster. He plays a little bit better off the ball than on the ball, which is um, something that, you know, we've kind of heard of from, from the linebackers that the Cardinals have had recently. But um, yeah, Drake Jackson, bingo, bango, bongo, offensive line, defensive line, edge rusher. And just take care of the rest in the in free agency or resign the guys you got. All right, we're going to be talking about it. If you're doing mock drafts, tweet them at us at Locked On AZ Cards at Clancy's Corner at Bob Brack. We always respond. We'll reply with our thoughts on it. Uh, we'll post ours as well on Monday for a mock draft Monday. It's happening all off season long. We continue the Cardinals discussion tomorrow. More on what happened on Super Bowl Sunday and. Uh, Subscribe if you haven't done so already, and uh, leave us a review. Rate us if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. It always helps us out. We appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you on Tuesday morning. It's the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. Now make Locked On Bets your second listen with your boy Q and Lee Sterling.